a lot of these problems are coming from inside of our homes, you know, and, and it's weakening in our immune systems because again, we're just breathing in much more volume, right? Think about yourself if you lived inside of a bubble. You know, the benefit of living inside of the bubble is that nothing outside is ex you're being exposed to. But anything inside that bubble, you're breathing in much more. You know, it's kind of like we're filling up our, our homes like a balloon with mold and bacteria and toxins and allergens and all the things that you can think of just by living a normal life. And we're not doing anything about it. Hey there, I'm Renee, a self-proclaimed shopaholic turned minimalist. In just three years, my family and I downsized our house, paid off debt, and I learned to make passive income online so I could work anytime, anywhere. We did all of this in pursuit of a life of more freedom, flexibility, and fun. And the crazy part is, the more I detached from my stuff, the more I was able to let go of pesky habits like people-pleasing, saying yes to everyone, and being who I thought I was supposed to be rather than showing up authentically as who I am. That's why I want you to see the Unstuck podcast not as a place for all things decluttering and organizing, but rather as a place where together we can unload it all. From donating those pants that no longer fit to bidding adieu to those relationships that have run their course, I want you to see our time together as a time where you can unwind, let go, come as you are, and there is no need to apologize for the mess. So let's shed some layers, drop some dead weight, and start living a little less stuffed. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. Today, I got the opportunity to sit down and interview Michael Rubino, who is an air quality expert. And it's kind of crazy to me because I didn't even really think that this was a thing because Michael specifically focuses on the air quality in our home. Now, I kind of feel like I had to do a disclaimer with this episode because I think so often hearing that, you know, the air in our home can be toxic can add a lot of panic and worry and anxiety to our lives that really isn't going to get us anywhere. So my hope for you is that when you listen to this episode, you listen to some of the tips that he mentions on removing clutter and eliminating dust from your home in order to improve the air quality. I am a big believer in always focusing on the things that we can control and letting go of the rest. That mindset, that mentality was truly my first step toward minimalism. And I started applying it when I was around 16 years old. I just felt like before we dove into today's episode, I needed to share that reminder with you. So this information can be so helpful and beneficial as long as we take it in an understanding and control what we can. So before we dive in, I wanted to read a review from one of you. If you are a long time listener of the podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would take two seconds to drop a review and let me know what you think about the podcast so far, because I love reading these and I love sharing them back with you. 
Today's review says, pretty cool podcast. Solid content, not too preachy or judgy. Definitely made it less about stuff and talks more about the root causes. Thank you so much for this review. I truly have aimed so much to create a minimalist space that goes way deeper than the stuff and wasn't sure how to even do that when I first started the podcast. So I'm really glad that the message is coming through that way. That being said, let's dive into today's interview. Hi, Michael. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm glad we were able to connect, uh, and I'm really looking forward to our talk. This is definitely, I think we've got some really unique topics to talk about, so do you want to break it down for anybody who maybe hasn't heard of you before, what you're all about? And... Yeah, so my name is Michael Rubino. I'm an indoor air quality expert. Uh, really got into this whole industry back when Hurricane Sandy hit the Northeast. Uh, my dad has been a restoration contractor since I'm about five years old. So I've been around homes and buildings my entire life, pretty much. And uh, really, after Hurricane Sandy, that was the first time that I started to see people getting sick inside their own living environments, which kind of spun this whole, uh, I'm on my 11th year of my career now, 11-year career into really trying to figure out, you know, diagnose problems inside the home and create healthier environments. So it ties in perfectly with what you do and what you preach. And I, and I love it, by the way, and I can't wait to dive in. That's what I kind of have a feeling that after talking with you, I'm going to be wanting to purge and declutter my house all over again. Oh, yeah. So when you started diving into this, what did you notice that people were getting sick in their homes? You know, it really starts with the presence of water, like water damage, you know, leaking roofs, leaking windows, doors, things of that nature. Often these, these problems are hidden and out of sight and out of mind until we kind of really, uh, it becomes abundantly obvious to us when we can see stains and things like that. But, you know, when we break that down further, what water damage creates is an environment where mold can grow. I'm sure we've all heard the word, the four letter word mold. And, and the other thing is bacteria. And, you know, when we talk about decluttering and stuff and how this really ties in, you know, all of this stuff that grows inside of our homes, like mold and bacteria, they constantly reproduce particles and sometimes even toxins. And guess where all that stuff settles? In our dust. It becomes a part of our dust. And so when we think about it from this perspective, we have a lot of stuff. And I, I've been in people's homes that, ha that were hoarders to the most minimalist homes you can think of. And, you know, when you start to see a lot of clutter and a lot of stuff, a lot of dust collects. And with that dust can be mold and bacteria, which can continuously perpetuate our environment, get into the body with the 20,000 breaths that we take each day and cause health issues. Wow. So I feel like I had a flashback as you're saying that, because a big part of why I love keeping my home as clutter-free as I can is because I hated dusting when I was a kid. My mom always said, pick up every knickknack. So I had to get dust under every single knickknack. And then my, my next thought was, okay, so if we're doing that, if we're dusting under all the knickknacks and we think we're keeping our house clean, you know, so the surfaces look, look clean and tidy. Um, is it, are we really doing anything as far as enhancing the air quality? Or are we kind of just pushing the dust around? Well, you know, if you're not just pushing the dust around and you're actually removing the dust, then you, you definitely are improving the air quality. Um, you know, air quality, it, it, it's, it's pretty interesting because 
we think about the air that we breathe, which we don't think about often enough, obviously, which is why I'm here. Uh, we think just, you know, we're taking a breath, just a space in front of our face. Um, but we don't realize like what that encompasses, right? So for example, if you ever sat on a, on a sunny day, you sat near a window on a couch or something or a chair, and you saw a ray of light pass through in front of you and you saw all the dust particles floating around. I bet everyone's had that moment. You think to yourself immediately like, wow, there's a lot of dust in my environment. And all of that stuff, by the way, is just consistently entering your body at 20,000 times per day, roughly, because that's how many, that's how many breaths we take. So when we start to look at that and we say, okay, well, what is air quality? Well, it is how many particles are in the air that you're constantly breathing in. And furthermore, what is in those particles, right? So I mentioned if you have mold and bacteria in your home, they constantly create particles and toxins that then settle in our dust, become part of our dust. And then again, remember you sit on that, that couch on a sunny day that you're breathing that stuff in. That's where I've started to see people have really crazy health issues. I've seen correlation with pretty much every autoimmune disease you can think of. Um, there's studies being done on what's called inhalational Alzheimer's, right? So it's Alzheimer's that, uh, believed to be created by poor air quality, um, breathing that stuff in the early onset of dementia. We know that certain species of mold can be carcinogenic, you know, causing cancer. BBC just released an article just a couple of months ago that they, they believe that the, the second largest leading cause of cancer besides smoking is actually poor air quality, right? So we're starting to learn more and more about this. You know, there was a huge, there's, there's ongoing huge fires in Canada right now that a lot of people have been reported in the Northeast to have being caused headaches and things of that nature, right? So it's something that we're kind of only mindful of when there's a problem and we start to get sick. And it's something that I desperately want people to be more aware of now to prevent getting sick. Yeah. That's what we're, I'm here in Minnesota. So we've gotten a lot of the Canada just fog and you're right. You know, um, there've been people, no one wants their kids outside and that kind of thing. But in that, I feel like sometimes hearing stuff like that can be so overwhelming and make us feel so stressed because we sit down, we see the dust flying through the air and the panic of, Oh my God, I'm breathing this in can kind of set in. What are the steps we can take to to work to improve the air quality in our home so we can breathe a little easier. Yeah. So I'm a big guy uh, that loves data, right? So one of the first things that you can do if you're listening to this and you're curious what's in your dust, you can actually test your dust. You go to like the dusttest.com right now, buy a test, collect dust, send it into a lab to be analyzed. And I'll tell you what's in your dust. And that can clue you in when you see abnormalities in your dust, it can tell you, okay, I might have some water damage problems I don't know about. I might have some mold or I might have some bacteria that's not normal. Um, when you see those types of things, that can kind of clue you into maybe doing a deeper dive, looking for those water damage areas and maybe potentially fixing them properly, right? So I can't tell you how many people have leaks and they have no idea. You know, they're small pinhole leaks. They're not abundantly obvious. I, I just bought a house in October and there was this one wall and I'm doing some remodeling to the home and I see a rusted nail at the bottom of the wall, right? Rusted nail, no other signs of anything, but just because of my experience, I'm like rusted nail means moisture. Let's figure out what's going on. Right. So I opened up the whole wall. That wall was literally rotted. I mean, it was an exterior wall. That wall could have at some point just 
further decayed and eventually collapsed, right? So we had to rebuild the entire wall. This was not a fun thing that I had to do, by the way, because it cost a ton of money I wasn't expecting to spend and, you know, it delayed the project, right? But what I realized was that, you know, the wall itself looked totally fine. Every inspection company missed it, right? I only saw it because I saw one little rusted nail. And had I not seen that, with that wall still would have been that way. And that that wall, when it's rotted, there was mold there, there was bacteria there, right? Those are constantly creating particles that are entering the environment. Now, had I not known all this stuff and I had not done something about it, that could have impacted the air quality, which could have impacted my health, my family's health, et cetera, right? And so there's all these things that are hidden. We don't see them. We don't think about them. And when we don't see it and we don't think about it, we don't take action. Therefore, we become the effect of it. So the goal is here is, let's start thinking about this stuff because, you know, for, for me, what I've seen and all the people that I work with that have been sick, I want to start people being more proactive on this. So they don't get to that point where they get really sick. Right. And cause I, I don't know, have you ever heard of somebody getting sick from like too much mold in their home or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, had that person known that there was mold there in the first place, they, they probably either wouldn't have bought the house or they would have fixed it or done something to it. But it's, it's not top of mind for us. And we get to that point where all of a sudden we're sick, struggling for answers. And then we're like, hmm, maybe it was the home I was living in this whole time. That's so weird. I love that there's something that people can do because my aunt and uncle, they recently sold and found mold that they didn't know was there. And so I, it never really occurred to me that we could figure it out before, you know, seeing it or having it get to a place where it's too far. That's really neat. Um, my second thought is, I'm like, there's some areas in our house that are a little bit maybe more prone to this type of stuff, like the kitchen or the bathroom with the moisture and the water. So would it be like a good idea to do dust samples from different rooms, different areas of the home? You could, or you can just do like one sample and do like a composite and just get the whole landscape of the house. Cause you know, people often ask like, well, what, what do I, what do I do this for? What happens when I find the result? Well, in theory, yes, it would be great to just do every single room in the house, but it's PCR technology and PCR technology is expensive, right? So doing every room in the house might be cross prohibitive. But really what we're trying to understand is, is this a safe and healthy environment, right? And that is the kind of the question that we're asking ourselves on, on the first jump. Now, if that dust test comes back from a composite on the whole house and everything looks good and it's in normal range, which by the way, normal range will have some level of mold, some level of bacteria, some level of toxin, but it's when it's outside that normal range where you really start to be at risk. If your house comes back in normal range, that's great. You don't have to worry. That's peace of mind. That's what we're looking for. But if it comes out of, it comes at abnormal range. Now we start to ask, well, where might this be coming from? And you mentioned it kitchens, right? Sometimes our dishwasher leaks, our sink leaks, you know, things happen. Um, bathrooms. One of the biggest problems I see in bathrooms is the showers are not properly waterproof when they're constructed. And it's crazy. Pretty much any house that was built before 2015 is almost at risk for being built in, I wouldn't say improperly because it was proper at the time, but built improperly to today's standards. Because now we have waterproofing technologies where if water gets behind the tile, 
we're not worried about, you know, mold or bacteria developing inside the wall cavity, which is, you know, again, things that a lot of people don't think about when they buy a home or when they do this big bathroom remodel, right? What these things can happen. So those are definitely hot spots, as you mentioned, basements, another big basements or crawl spaces, another big hot spot, just because it's below grade, prone to moisture, and really it's controlling the moisture. That's, that's really the key. If we think about water, it's Earth's life source, right? We need water. We're made up of a lot of water, mostly water. Uh, everything on this planet pretty much needs water to survive. So we don't want to have water and things surviving inside of our home that way because our home's not meant to be an aquarium. Right. Well, that makes lots of sense. And I'm panicking currently about my made before 2015 home. So <laughs> thanks for that. I'm like really going to have to head to the bathrooms because I think, and now I suppose, I think I know the answer. Um, the vents in our bathrooms, do those actually help absorb that moisture? I'm terrible at remembering to turn it on. Um, yes. Is that a giant no-no? The vents are are amazing. What they do is they take the moisture that's accumulating in the bathroom and then they push it out, uh, okay. usually to, usually out the roof or something. That vent will travel outside the home in some capacity. Uh, when you forget to turn it on, you are allowing a lot of moisture to, to accumulate in the bathroom and then it really isn't escaping much. Or, you know, you open the door when you leave the bathroom and it's kind of escaping back into the rest of the house. The, the key here is 60% more uh, of relative humidity. If, if it's 60% or more, you're in that danger zone where microbial life can start to develop. And because mold and bacteria are everywhere, as a matter of fact, the, the human body uh, exu exhibits a lot of bacteria every time you exhale a breath. I mean, we're talking millions and millions of particles. So, you know, it's part of our environment. That's why we want to control our environment. And part of this, obviously, is moisture management, right? Thinking about that and making sure that everything's good. But the other thing is, is staying on top of dusting. And it is making sure your house is decluttered because the more clutter you have, the more dust is going to accumulate. And as that accumulates, you're going to have a lot more particles entering your body per breath. And so having a dust-free home that is not full of clutter and dust is definitely a huge part of success in keeping a healthy environment. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So that's what I'm always someone who... I want to be able to feel like I'm doing something rather than just sitting. So getting like a dust test done and going through and intentionally decluttering, making sure we're clearing away our dust uh, are kind of two good steps. Do you feel like for people who want to be able to do something right now? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think it's, it's, it's so paramount that we, you know, stay on top of dust, think about the air that we breathe you know, I started looking at some recent statistics just to kind of really try to understand how the brevity of the situation, you know, 70% of the adult U.S. population takes at least one prescription medication. And that's a 14% increase since 2019, right? And so we're headed in the wrong direction from a health perspective. And I, I keep asking myself, like, how is this possible? right? Because if you think about it, I mean, we have organic produce, right? More organic produce than we've ever had. We have better, cleaner drinking water options, right? Than we've ever had. People are way more into health and wellness than they ever have, right? They're trying. 
but for some reason, the things that they're trying don't seem to be working, right? We're getting sicker, not healthier. And what I believe to be the cause of this is just the lack of education and knowledge on air quality. You know, we think about it, 20,000 breaths per day, you're consuming more air than you are anything else on the planet. It's about 15,000 milliliters of air that you consume every single day. It's a lot of air. You, you, don't, you don't have that type of capacity for the water you're drinking, the food you're eating. You know, the air that we breathe has a massive effect on our health. Think about it from this perspective. You can go a lot longer without food or water than you can without air. You know, so why aren't we looking at the air we breathe when it comes to health and wellness? And I think that is one of the biggest things to me that really struck home is because we're trying everything, but we're getting sicker. Yeah, that's really interesting. And yet you're right. This isn't a air quality in my, in my home is never something that I have ever heard about in the health or wellness space, you know? So I guess I would ask, I mean, like you said, if everybody's, you know, more prescriptions are being needed, we're drinking the water, we're doing our best to eat well, but do you, I mean, do you really believe this, the air is having that significant of a negative impact on us, even if we're doing everything else the best we can? After our family downsized our house, we started working to pay off debt and build an actual savings. Because for decades, I would transfer $100 to our savings account, but then I would end up transferring it right back to our checking when we had overspent. So when we downsized, I decided to get serious about saving money for things like emergencies and for fun things like travel. The first thing I did was open a high yield savings account that was separate from our current checking account. That way, it wouldn't be as easy for me to just pull money out whenever I felt like I needed it. And I knew it would force me to take my spending and my saving a lot more seriously. So if you are in a similar boat and are hoping to up your game when it comes to saving money, one of the absolute best accounts to get started is called Savings Connect. This is a savings account that pays close to 5% when you set an automatic savings deposit of just $100 per month. This is 11 times the national average, which means if you use a current savings account that's attached to your checking, there's a good chance you are not making nearly enough money. So if you're at a place in life where you're committed to changing your financial future and you actually want to start getting some money in the bank, you can get started with a Savings Connect account for as little as $100. Just head to ReneeBennis.com forward slash save to learn more. And I will fill you in on all of the details. That's reneebennis.com forward slash save to learn more. I do. I really do. Because it's, it's just not on our radar, right? As you mentioned, you've never even heard of it. And, no. uh, you know, when people buy homes, how many of them actually get a mold inspection, you know, to look for problems that might not you might not see on a, just a traditional home inspection. Um, you know, when you look at the statistics, the largest home survey ever done was in 1994 by John Spangler. And they surveyed a thousand homes in North America. 50% of those homes had visible signs of water damage. Oh man. That means that one in two homes, right. Have a history of water damage. And what are we doing about that? I mean, Think about it from, from your perspective right now. If you had water damage before this conversation, how serious would you take it? 
Well, yeah, and that's what I'm trying to, I'm specifically thinking of that bathroom where I struggled to turn my fan on. Um, when it comes to my bathroom, I, we have like the water, maybe not permanent damage, but we can see where the, the steam has kind of drizzled down the wall. And I just, I don't like looking at it. I'm like, ew, that's ugly looking. But as far as I think about it, that's as deep as I've gone. However, right. we've had, like you mentioned, the basement. Uh, we've had some water come into our basement. It's an unfinished basement but we're fearful to finish it. Cause it's like, well, what if that's leaking in and it's hiding behind walls and we don't see it, you know? Yeah. We'll definitely don't finish it until it, it's bone dry because yeah, if water comes in, you'll definitely have that issue. But if you think about it, like, you know, I'm 30, I'm 35. Right. And I, when I grew up, you had a unsightly problem. What'd you do? You painted over it, right? Water leaked from the ceiling. You, you know, you just painted it. It was no, there was no thought about mold or bacteria or anything. You just painted it. And we've been doing that as a society for like the past, I don't know, hundred something years. And if you think about it from that perspective, you know, especially older homes that have had water damage in the past, you know, you're, you're going to have probably some mold and some bacteria issues there. Right. Then we further along in time, because people ask me this question all the time, like, well, you know, for, let's just take mold, for example. Mold's been around forever, right? So how could this just be a problem now? Well, you're right. It's been around forever. There's 100,000 different species of it, right? So we're not talking about every single species of mold is a problem. Um, there also, you know, it also hasn't been around forever, the modern home, right? And so we have these homes now. And since 1970s, when Richard Nixon was president and we had an energy crisis, we switched to energy efficiency, right? And we've been going down that path for the last 50 years. And so homes have been getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And what does that mean for us? Well, that means that, you know, anything that I do in my home, I'm going to be breathing that in because we used to build homes where they were breathing, right? So, Particles entered the space. Well, they most likely also were diluted by fresh air that came into the home. And they had this whole home exhaust system, right? Air comes in, air goes out, typically through ventilation systems. Um, attics, for example, have vents in them, right? But now we build homes so tight with spray foam that there's no air exchange. And so if I spray a chemical to clean my home right now, guess what? That chemical is going to be locked inside with me and I'm going to be breathing it in. So now we have problems like mold or bacteria, which were always part of our environment, but now we're breathing in a lot more of it because there's no air exchange with our homes. And this is something that, this is one of those things that it's going to take us a while before we really understand it and then say, hmm, maybe we shouldn't have built homes so tight. Maybe there are other ways we can explore energy efficiency that don't kill us, right? And think about it from that perspective. But for right now, this is the route we're going in. You know, it's becoming a bigger problem more than it ever has because of the modern building. We also didn't used to have HVAC systems. HVAC systems are another huge problem because they always condensate. And again, water, condensation, mold or bacteria, or even viruses, right, get to the coil. They got a wet environment perfect for them to grow and thrive. And so when we look at it from this perspective, we start to see, well, the way in which we're growing into our society in our modern homes and buildings, we're not thinking about them because we never had to think about them. 
and now they're impacting us. Yeah. So two things come to my mind. You were talking about the ventilation system, which I didn't really know or think about that. That's not something, you know, I don't know how to, I don't know about building homes or anything like that, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, do you think like during like those spring times or whenever we can opening our windows, does that help or impact like benefit our airflow at all? No, totally. Okay. Cause I think a lot of times people wonder if, you know, like germs from the outside are going to get in or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but it can actually help kind of air out our house. Totally. I mean, you know, that's fresh air, right. Bringing fresh air in. I mean, of course, you know, then you have to look at how's the air quality outside today, how much pollen is going to come into my home, right. There's all these other things to think about, but yeah, I mean, you know, this is what we used to do. We used to have more common air with the outside and air with fresh air would come in outside. We, we didn't have HVAC systems. It was a nice night out. Everybody opened their windows, right? And we use fans and stuff like that to circulate the air. And we sweat a lot more, right? Now we have, you know, everything set to 70 degrees on the dot, right? And it's like, we want to have it at 70. And if it goes to 71, it's too hot. And we've, you know, we've, we've become a little, uh, you know, comfortable, you know, (laughs) pampered. And part of that issue is, the, the just there's no dilution of the particles that are among us, like mold, like bacteria, like viruses. Um, and these things are known to weaken the immune system, right? And so we're getting sick more often. Kids are getting sick more, right? More colds, more issues. There's growing communities of pans and pandas for our kids. There's growing communities of autoimmune diseases. And they're all on the rise, and they're not, they're not slowing down. I mean, these are exponential rises. And so, you know, for me, I'm not a medical doctor, right? But I can clearly see based upon the statistics that the, the medicine that in which we have, the diets and the exercising and everything that we're doing, unfortunately, isn't enough, right? Because if it was enough, we would see numbers going down, not going up. And so we have to look at this and say, what else could it be? And based upon all of the homes that I see, a lot of these problems are coming from inside of our homes, you know, and, and it's weakening our immune systems because, again, we're just breathing in much more volume, right? Think about yourself if you lived inside of a bubble. You know, the benefit of living inside of the bubble is that nothing outside is ex- you're being exposed to. But anything inside that bubble you're breathing in much more. You know, it's kind of like we're filling up our, our homes like a balloon with mold and bacteria and toxins and allergens and all the things that you can think of just by living a normal life. And we're not doing anything about it, you know? Yeah. So that's what, another thing you said too. And as I'm thinking about the bubble that, you know, uh, I've had friends say in the past, as far as like using chemicals, you know, like the stains in the toilet bowl, like they don't want the stains in the toilet bowl. So I remember I had friends who would try to use like more natural, cleaner products, but wanted that it wasn't working as good. So they're like, I just started using bleach again. But do you, I mean, when you put it that way, having a, like a discoloration in your toilet bowl versus locking yourself in with this bleach, which after not using bleach and then having it in my house again, like I, we don't anymore, but we did. And it was like, I can't even be in the same room. It was, it was almost impossible to breathe. So do you feel like 
also making the switch to maybe more natural products is a another way to kind of help us clear out at least the chemicals that we're being locked in with? Yeah. So I get bleach, um, you know, hydrogen peroxide is a great alternative. That's not as toxic that converts back to, you know, oxygen and water when it goes inert. Um, I think that would probably be a better alternative as that oxidative cap- capacity. So that whitening thing that we love bleach for, um, that's a great switch. Pretty much anything under the sun that you need today to keep your place clean, you can switch to botanical alternatives, right? Non-toxic plant-based products that are good for us to, to be around. These are the things that we want to start thinking about because as you mentioned, when you said, I use bleach and I couldn't be there for, I couldn't be around it. Why is that? That's because those are tiny particles that are getting released into the air as you're using that chemical. It's off-gassing. And those tiny particles are going into your body as you breathe. And your body is having a reaction like, get me the heck out of here, right? And so, you know, we have to start listening to our bodies in this perspective and saying like, is it worth it? Now, if you want to use bleach and you must use bleach, well then open a window, right? Ventilate the place so that those particles aren't going into your body. They're going elsewhere. They're going out of the house. Um, you know, I don't want to tell people to, to live an unrealistic lifestyle and say like, you can never use another chemical again, because there's going to be a time in our lives where the chemical is the best option for whatever the heck we're doing fine. But just think about it and do so, do it in a way where it's safer for you. I think that's kind of the, the, the key is a lot of people use all chemicals for everything. And they don't open windows and their houses are not well ventilated as it is. And that stuff's getting into the HVAC system and circulating from one room to the whole house. And then they're breathing that stuff in. And if there truly is no way to go, right, those particles are going to stay in the environment for a long time. We might be breathing that in for days, right? That's going to have an impact on the body. You know, how how much short-term, long-term, hard to say, but it's going to have an impact. And I think, especially as we look at this from a long-term perspective, we spend 90% of our time indoors. I'm, gonna, I'm indoors right now, so are you. I know that for the next two hours, I'm still going to be indoors, and then I'm going to have family time, and then I'm still going to be indoors, and I'm going to go to sleep, which is indoors, yeah. and, then, <laughs> and then it resets. I maybe have spent a total of a half an hour outside today, half an hour. If, if I'm lucky and I get to, to do a walk after dinner or something, let's call it an hour. But that means that 23 hours is spent indoors. So the EPA says we spend 90% of our time indoors. That's a lot of breathing that we're doing inside places that we have no idea if they're healthy or not. That's all yeah. we need to change. Let's just figure out if they're healthy and if they're not, okay, good. How do we make them healthier? And that's the key to making sure that we live long, successful, happy lives. Okay. So that's what I'm collecting all of my little tidbits here. So do you feel like for, for starters, for steps, getting a dust test done would be a good idea. Opening the windows when we can, getting more time outside, upping our chemical or lessening our chemicals, I should say. Uh, and then the, the other thing that comes to my mind, because we just had this done recently or last year. Um, is the duct cleaning, getting all of that dirt sucked out, is that kind of a crucial way? Because that was pretty gross. (laughs) 
Yes, that is that can be really gross. And remember, I mentioned the coil. So when you do your duct cleaning, make sure they clean the evaporator coil too. So when I'm not, you know, kind of sharing my knowledge <laughs> for every single day, I'm reviewing laboratory results. I'm looking at people's homes and I'm trying to understand what's going on in the home. How does that correlate to how they may be feeling? And what's, what, what improvements can we make for people to feel better? And, you know, chronic fatigue, brain fog, all the, the symptoms that you hear about that people typically have, a lot of them we're seeing is actually correlated with the, the pathogens that are found in their own home. When we look at this from this perspective, what I see is people have some leaks here or there, right? There's some issues in their home. And then those issues get into the HVAC system. And then the HVAC system becomes the single largest issue inside the whole home when you test it. And so I might have, let's just, let's just use an example. I might have a thousand uh, particles of stachybotrys, which is like the toxic black mold everyone hears about. And that might be growing in their wall, right? From a, from a window leak. But I'll see like a hundred thousand of it in the HVAC. And so it goes exponentially larger. And that's because all that, all that time from the wall, it's producing particles that are getting into the HVAC and the HVAC is the lungs of the home. It really impacts the air we breathe. That's what makes sure we have nice cool air or nice warm air, depending on time of year. And when that's circulating like that, I mean, it's going to make a, a big difference in how many particles. And the name of the game, just like any anything on, on here, the more stuff you're exposed to, the more the more likely you are to not feel well, right? Even with COVID, it wasn't like one particle, you know, got us COVID. It was that exposure to many particles over periods of time, right? And so back to bacteria and mold too, right? 250,000 spores can fit on the head of a pin. So if you look at a, the head of a pin, that would make up 250,000 of these mold particles, right? So when you're talking about mold or bacteria, things that are really, really small, viruses, things that are really, really small, we're getting into the micron nanometer range in size. That's 25 to 150 times smaller than what the eye can see, right? That's how tiny. Now, it's a lot of this that we inhale, you know? And when you inhale a lot of it, now your body has to fight to remove a lot of it. Um, and so that's really where this comes into play. It's like too much is the problem. And so we got to go from too much to more of a normal range of what you should expect to see in an environment. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, maybe this is a silly question too, because you're talking about how big the HVAC system is. Is there any like maintenance or checkups like we can do to kind of keep an eye on how much is accumulating in there? So cleaning, as you mentioned, is huge, hugely important. Um, but the other thing is HVAC filtration. So do you know that your HVAC system has filters? <laughs> Not to sound like a typical wife, but my husband changes the air filters. I don't know if that's the same thing. Okay. That's, that's probably the same thing. Okay. Um, and, you know, now, now we need to ask your husband this, right? But how often does he change it? And then what MERV rating is it? And it's very possible your husband may not know, right? Because... It is very confusing. It is, you know, different MERV ratings 
mean that the higher the MERV rating, the smaller the particle it can efficiently remove. And it also means that different, different filters and filter systems will have different frequencies of when you need to change it. So you might be buying like a MERV-8 filter from Lowe's or Home Depot that gets changed, recommended every three months, right? And it's very possible that you may not change it exactly when you're supposed to. Very possible. Um, there are better filtration systems that get all the way up to MERV-16 in a residential application. And that would actually get down to like seven nanometers in particle size, which is much, much smaller. Now we're talking viruses, toxins, mold, bacteria, you name it. Because the problem is the ones that we buy at our hardware stores, they're not efficient enough to get rid of these tiny particles. So these tiny particles just go right through it, right to the coil, into our ductwork. And as you mentioned, that stuff can get pretty dirty pretty quick. Yeah. Now I feel bad for making fun of him. <laughs> he changes up like every... He's like, I change them before they need to be changed. Um, but if not at the yeah. hardware store, is there somewhere else we should be getting them? Well, I, I just think that you have to, you know, some hardware stores, maybe they'll have better filtration. But for most people, they're like, well, it's 30 bucks for a box of filters or 60 bucks for a box of filters. You don't, if you don't know that there's a difference between the two, probably just going to get the $30 box. And there definitely is a difference between them because you want better ratings. So the higher the MERV rating, which is the efficiency rating, the better it is. And so you want to kind of look at some of these better options because they're going to basically turn your HVAC system into an air purifier if you have a good filter on it. Otherwise, it's just particles are bypassing the filter because they're too small and they're getting to the system, which obviously will contaminate the ductwork over time like you said, gets pretty, pretty gross. Um, and the coil too, which is the bigger problem because it always is wet. Okay. Okay. So this is selfishly for my own personal. Where, where, where do, where do you find the Merv rating when you're buying these filters? Is it just well, smack dab on the front or? It, it'll be on the box. Um, you know, it'll, it'll definitely be on the front of the box somewhere. I mean, they'll proudly, you know, state which rating they are typically. Um, you know, some of the better filters you probably won't find at a box store and you'll need to ask like an HVAC technician, um, or you can go on, you know, specialty websites like homecleanse.com and look on there, um, that, you know, air quality type of, of companies, because, you know, they're looking at creating filters and making sure that people are installing filters that are cut above than what you would typically find. Um, and so, you know, you, you want to kind of do your homework and do your research on that, because I think the better filters we invest in, um, the better we're going to be. Some of those MERV 16 filters, by the way, they, they last for like a year and a half to three years. So if you don't like changing them every three months, get a better filter, you change them every couple of years, they're going to be more expensive up front, but cheaper in the long run. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much. So I'm going to recap for everyone and myself as I'm listening and thinking, dusting better, making sure we're changing those filters, te- testing our dust, opening windows, less chemicals in the home. Does that sound like a, a five idea place? And then do you have any um, resources or anything for people who want to take next steps that you can share with us? 
Yeah. I mean, you can go to the michaelrubino.com. You can learn more about me as an expert. Uh, if you want to consult with me, really do a deeper dive on your home, you can definitely do that. Uh, there's tons of free resources and information on there. Tons of company recommendations for like inspections and things of that nature. Uh, so you could check that out or same, same uh, Instagram at the Michael Rubino as well. And I do lots of amazing videos on there all about how to keep a healthy home. Oh, great. Thank you so much. That sounds perfect. Well, thanks so much for joining us and kind of bringing this to at least my attention. And I would imagine everybody else's. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. You know, it's an important topic near and dear to my heart. And just so glad you got, got a little bit of uh, education on the subject. And I know that you can do some tweaks right now to, to make sure your home is as healthy as this can be. Definitely want to go clean immediately. <laughs> That's how I'm dealing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey again, thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the Unstuffed Podcast. It means so much that you chose to carve out some of your precious time just to hang out with me. If you aren't quite ready for our time to end, head to the show notes where you can grab my free declutter checklist, join my newsletter subscription, and connect with me on some of your favorite social platforms. Sending you so much love until next time.